Well, some bonehead moves and uh, turns everything upside down. And uh, anyway, kind of embarrassing. And I think La Shakamore is doing a great job in handling this as the, uh, you know, interim. And right, I mean, talk about horrible timing for her but i think she's pretty cool under fire with uh, something like this you never really train for and until uh you know until it happens so what do you think brian crisis management it's not not easy i mean mm-hmm. people uh react to things in the middle in the heat of the moment and then only later do you kind of think more about it so you know i think we're all we're all kind of guilty of sometimes making uh you know faulty snap judgments and I hope that uh, I hope that the atmosphere of Benel and the students can kind of I hope it can recover quickly. I don't really know what it's like inside there. I haven't been inside, but I hope that they can uh, you know regain a, a kind of pride if there's any problem with that. And uh, that most importantly, like Pierre's talking about, I mean that the students will feel like they're valued as individuals. I mean that's that is really our obligation to them. Yeah, just a follow-up communication with the kids and, say, you know, yep. whatever. Look, this was the what they were trying to do. Horrible job at it. Pretty stupid. And and then, of course, Pierre's the only one that points out their, the grammar on three out of the four <laughs> slides. Like, none of the teachers, you know, could recognize it was misspelled. Your even use spell check. <laughs> Are you a good speller, Anna Marie Long? I'd like to think so. I have an English degree. Oh, okay. Well, then, then, then I'm sure, yeah, the spell check. You don't even use spell check, probably. Oh, no, I definitely use it. I've got to type on the phone half the time, but um, <laughs> that's maybe why I have the English degree. No, there was there was some grammatical errors that hurt. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just like it adds to the embarrassment of it all. So hopefully everybody gathers it up, um, comes up with a program to help these kids get their scores up, get the school scores up and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some good will come of it just because of drawing awareness to it. You know? It's very difficult, though, right? I mean, we've been criticized in the past. The Southern Poverty Law Center came into town, said, you have a problem. You have a gap. You know, black students are getting punished more and, you know, all these different things and maybe that's not really you know the same kind of situation but we do draw attention to it because there you know there there are there are issues and so they're trying to draw attention to the issue and i don't know it it's really sad how it all came about yeah, if you could uh, if you could take uh, redo it <laughs> okay yeah. let's uh, let's rewind and, and and not do that and do something else yeah. i think the question would be what should you have done? Yeah. And what should we do from now on? Yeah. I mean, there's right now we know this didn't work. So I've got an elementary student in Flagler schools and um, embarrassment and berating definitely do not motivate her. <laughs> um, I think there are a lot of educational ways that are more motivating to do it. But what a great opportunity as adults we have to say, hey, I was wrong. I messed up. You know, that means a lot to kids. It models the behaviors that we want to see in our kids when they make mistakes, because we all do. So um, hopefully this is a learning experience and we never have to see it again. It's not what we want Flagler in the news for. Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, um, you just flew in Anna Maria Long. She is our executive officer for the Flagler Home Builders and Contractors Association. And um, you just flew in from a conference, right? Yes, I spent the or earlier part of the week in Cincinnati at the Association Management Conference. It's a conference that the National Association of Home Builders puts on for executive officers and staff around the country. Um, very exciting opportunity for us. And I learned so many things that I need to revisit my notes for. But the the main thing is it's an opportunity to speak with my peers and see what's going on around the country and what resounding issues that we all share. Do what, peop, do people ahead. do people really go back and look at notes from those? I do. <laughs> but yes, I think I hope so. We all take a lot of notes. You know what we all do is we yep. take our, our phones and we take pictures of the PowerPoint of the slides. slides yeah, Cause that's easier. They, yeah. Then they email us the slides anyway. It's so <laughs> much information and we bring in speakers and all of this great stuff. And it all happens in three days. So what was a, what's the, give us a summary, a consensus of what across the country, this is from all the, the states, I would imagine. Yeah. What, um, what's going on in the housing industry that everybody is happy about or scared about? The biggest uh, scare right now is workforce development. We haven't done it. We've been sending kids to college, solely to college for decades, and that's resulted in a workforce crisis. 
I don't use those words lightly. I truly believe it is a crisis. And if we don't take action and expand on our current action, we will not have a workforce. Yes. I, I also have an English degree, Anna Maria Long. Oh, yeah. Don't correct my grammar then, please. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, we're sending people to college yes. to get oh, things oh, like I, English degrees. I see what you did there. That's exactly right. <laughs> Instead I, of getting plumbing degrees. A hundred percent. I um, truly did not know what I wanted to do when I graduated FPC, so I did the only thing I thought I was really good at, which I, was English, and yeah. I went to UNF because it was close. I thought when I, when I was deciding on a major, I, I, I still remember the moment, you know, when I decided to be an English major. And it was really because I realized that this is what I loved the most. So that's what I got my degree in. And I kind of thought I checked the box. Like I, I found the degree I wanted mm -hmm. and then I went and got it. And now that my kids are growing up and I'm like, you also really need to go look at like, what are the opportunities for jobs out there? Is that the kind of career you really want? Is it going to make enough money to do what you want to do in life and all these kind of things. And I guess, it seems odd that I didn't really think of it always in those terms. I mean, somewhat I did. I mean, but not not as much as I now realize I probably should have. So Right. I fully agree. I, I don't believe that I was told the opportunities that were out there in trade schools and things. For instance, I wanted to go to cosmetology school, but because I had high grades, I was pushed against that. Now, I don't regret any of my decisions with my education, but with my own children, the question first is, what do you want to do? And second, what education does it require? Well, I think um, that's true. A lot of people are in kids, you, go, you know, the, the, and that's changing quickly, though. The perception of college, trade schools, classrooms to careers and all those sort of things where, um, you know, you can start working in high school, making money and have no student debt and have a yes. trade that would, you know, whatever it would be for a long time. So that was good. So the, it's, the whole national industry is we need carpenters, we need tradesmen, we need all those sort of things is what they're saying. Absolutely. Right? We all need right. everyone. Yeah, Toby Tobin, by the way, here we're talking like you're not even in the room. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting used to that. <laughs> okay. Well, good to have you in here. Um, so go ahead, make your comment. on what Well, uh, another difference is that if you, uh, you exit high school and go into one of the trades, by the time your contemporaries graduate from college, you've got four years of raises and promotions under your belt. Yeah, I mean, and it's in here, well, in Flagler County, we're going to talk about Flagler County, but we are also part of what's happening on uh, national. That's why I was interested in what the common things that are happening here and the problems and, and it's labor, labor, labor and jobs, jobs, jobs and, and all that kind of a thing. And the but, rising cost of housing, which we can't ignore. Yeah, which we are going to talk about. Um, Toby, your um, email you sent me about, you said it's the grill in the room nobody's talking about seriously and uh, you would want to, you know, we want to do this. We want to continue the discussion about housing, affordable housing in, in Flagler County. And I think, you know, people getting educated about what is going on, what are the possibilities of it, what are the reasons for it, and, but mostly what can we do about it? Yeah, that's what I, you know, I don't really like talking about topics on here that can't anything be done on it. And I'm like searching for them. So I'm, we have Anna Marie in, we've got you on, we had Jeff Douglas, developer on. Um, I thought that was good last week when, you know, cost of housing and everything. And, you know, it was kind of the old thing, government isn't the answer, government is the problem. And then you're shaking your head, yeah, in a, in a lot of ways on that. What, how is government the, uh, the problem of higher prices on housing? I've got some interesting data here. So uh, this was done nationally by our chief economist, Dr. Robert Dietz. Um, who was just in Daytona a couple of weeks ago, and I got to hear him speak there, too. So I've, I've been blessed with lots of economy lately. Um, <laughs> so this is national averages, but we're not too far off here. Regulatory costs per new home, $93,870. That's the average of regulatory costs alone. So the permits are only, only, you know. Permits and impact fees in Flagler, or in Palm Coast specifically, that's the data I most recently looked at, are around $20,000. So where does the other 70000 come from? So we're looking at changes to building codes over the past 10 years, architectural design standards beyond the ordinary, OSHA and other labor, labor requirements during construction, um, fees paid by the builder after purchasing the lot, standards like setbacks, et cetera, that go beyond the ordinary, land dedicated to the government or otherwise left unbuilt, hard costs of compliance, fees, required studies, 
and the cost of applying for zoning so, approval. So that's inclusive of yeah. all of those. So I wouldn't add the 20000 I would include that because right. the so, averages are in there pretty well. So I'm thinking, the question that comes to mind for me is, um, so 1992, Hurricane Andrew, right? Is that the year from Hurricane Andrew? I wasn't here then. But. Something like yes. that. Early 1990s, Hurricane yeah. Andrew came You're in. Exactly right. From what I understand, that was kind of the, that was the, the turning point mm -hmm. for a whole lot of... Yeah government regulation and there's a reason for it is because Rightfully roofs so. were blowing off of houses right Correct. so, so we, now roofs don't blow off of houses very much you know and we we feel more confident that we could withstand 140 miles an hour or whatever the standard is because of a lot of testing engineering yes. and inspections and things like that so some of that to me it seems like it's probably good Oh, absolutely. Some, some of it of is it important. Is definitely and, good. You know. Some of it is bad. Some of it is good, though. So the Florida so what, Building Code definitely was changed yeah. by Hurricane Andrew. Um, we follow the Florida Building Code. The rest of the country follows the ICC. Those standards, we don't want those. We feel that our code is superior for many reasons, but it's also more relevant here. So yeah. if we were to have to follow the ICC, we would be calculating things like snow loads. Right. Very, <laughs> very impactful here. You know, um, and we would not have roofs that would withstand 140 degree or 140 mile per hour winds. Mm -hmm. So it, it is a good thing, but there are regulatory costs that are not helpful. And when we're speaking about affordable housing, there are um, provisions for the government to put some of those costs at the back end of, uh, of a mortgage loan and provisions that would keep that homeowner in that home for 10 years or whatever it is and tag that on to the end so that they can at least get in that home and start establishing themselves. Yeah, I think we need to understand the, the magnitude of the problem here uh, to get people's attention before we even begin to talk about possible solutions. And I, I, I did an analysis about six weeks ago. And in Palm Coast, the median household income is $61,847. It's household income, so that's combined income of all the people that are living in the household. If you take a, a home, a $200,000 home, uh, and an interest rate is 6.75%, and of course now that's changed, it's over seven now, so the, this comparison gets even worse. But with a 3% down payment, your mortgage payment, your mortgage, uh, your real estate taxes, insurance, total housing cost would be... $1,519 a month. And the rule of thumb in qualifying for a mortgage is 30% of your income should not, more than 30% should not go towards housing. So if you take the 30% of the 61,000, you're $1,546. So what we're saying is that in, in Palm Coast, uh, you, the median income household can afford a $200,000 home. Well, out of 1,728 1, homes sold this year through July 31st, only eight sold for less than 200,000. That's, that's four-tenths of 1%. Which is like none. And remember, <laughs> remember, median income means half above, half below. So mm -hmm. you're talking about half of the population struggles to afford a $200,000 home. One of our elementary schools, Belltower Elementary, just became a Title I school, which affords it many wonderful things and funding, but it became a Title I school because of the poverty level. Well, this just out here, well, let's, because I want to continue this, and also I want to kind of, you know, because if you're, okay, how many, um, who was it that said, you did, <laughs> Topia. I'm trying to quote somebody, and I'm staring at you. You said we're turning um, the middle class into a rental society. We are. Mm -hmm. So now, it's, okay, so people listening right now that are, you know, working and making their six, and that 60-some thousand, is that gross or net? That's gross. So that's gross. So take taxes out of that. Um, and, and whatever. So, you know, you're down another, you know, at least 10, 15% off of that with taxes. So, um, so if you're, it's like, okay, forget about even ever buying a home at this point. I'm just worried about rising rents and being evicted. And now, cause I know somebody, one of, um, anyway, they were looking at apartment rentals 
And apartment rentals want to know proof of income because they won't rent to you if the rent would be more than 30% of your income. Yeah, so and rents are running on, on the north side of $2,000 a month pretty much in this area now. Yeah, and, and also I've heard that's that's pretty much the same around the country. It's not mm-hmm. just here. Right. It'd be better than other parts of the country on it. Well, the, uh, the, the Palm Coast Flagler Regional Chamber put out a press release this morning. I gave you guys copies of it there. If you hadn't seen it, I'm going to read it real quick here. But an analysis of local real estate data by the Palm Coast Flagler Regional Chamber of Commerce shows Flagler County's real estate market is holding recent sales gain price gains, which is good if you own a house. Uh, the median sales price of Flagler County homes is approximately $100,000 higher than it was just three years ago. So good news if you own a home, but makes everything even more out of reach if, if you don't just from the home values of existing homes. So, um, and then uh, uh, Flagler Real Estate Sales data confirms a median sale price for local homes is still here near 400000 the median home price. And of course, that's the, you know, the, multi, the million dollar mansions and everything thrown into that as well. But even you take that out, I, I would say it's probably about a $300,000, um, you know, for middle class homes in, in the county. Would that be a, a good guess? Well, it's it's Toby doesn't three, guess. He has data. I know. I'm asking the wrong. All right, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Was that sure? A good that's guess? a great guess. Thank you. It's about three seventy five, three sixty five right now. Is it okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all out of reach, and and then with rental rates going up, you have no guarantee of where you're going to live because they can raise your rent on you at any. It's like an adjustable mortgage, kind of that. You know, you don't ever want to sign one of those, but um, people do. But with with rents. So what do we um, and so and then here also, Toby, you have this here. I, I printed out for you today's mm-hmm. press release on it. You know, looking back just three years in 2020, the cost of housing is now approximately one hundred thousand dollars higher in Flagler County. Um, the future, it shows the total number of closed sales has increased 17 percent year over year. Um, the median sales price of single-family homes decreased slightly, but pretty well held at $379,000. So can we pause for a second there? When it says the total number of closed sales is up 17%, I thought there was also like an inventory issue and there were fewer homes available. So how is the closed sales so high up? Well, well, uh, the inventory of available homes is up over 800 now. And has been for the last mm. uh, two or three months. But it was way it, it was, lower. It was, it was below 200 at one point. So is that, because, so yeah. uh, is that, that because of new homes? Or is why is that well, inventory it, so high? Uh, well, it's not. It's really not high because uh, in, in years past, it's been over 1,500. I mean, that's mm. so 800 is still on the very low end of a normal range. Mm. And, and the inventory... Right now, is is a higher percentage of homes sold are new construction now because uh, people that own homes, over fifty percent of the present homeowners have interest rates of three and a half percent or less, and there's a big jump in what you can afford at three and a half percent up to seven percent mm-hmm. now. So people don't want to give up their they're they're basically locked in. They're remodeling if they need more space. They're doing additions, things like that, just to not leave that locked in. New construction is is filling the void, but we don't have enough labor. We don't have enough available land. Uh, Everything is, I mean, there are supply chain constraints. And also the raising interest rates uh, put a lot of pressure on the builders and developers too, because many of them have to borrow money for their projects. What is the in the the funnel for new home construction? Is it? Um, I've heard that builders were backing off on uh, on actually uh, following through on approved homes and slowing it down. Is that true? Well, I, I think there are still some builders uh, that are afraid to grab the falling knife, so to speak. But uh, most of them, I think realize that it's a really good opportunity and I believe it is because new construction is the only safety valve we have to create inventory. We are approximately 5 million homes undersupplied right now. 5 million homes? 5 million homes in the country. So So one of the things that reduces housing costs is having an inventory, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
prices just go up, the less houses there are. It's supply mm-hmm. and demand. And, you know, we hear and, and read a lot of people saying we don't need any more houses. We absolutely do need more houses. And when people can own a house at an affordable rate, they can spend their money elsewhere. You said uh, the NIMBYs, you know, the not in my backyard. Yeah, we need it, we want it and everything, but... Not here. Not in my backyard. I'm no. a NIMBY. Right. Yes, they in my want, backyard. They, they want their pizza delivered on time, but they want the pizza delivery person to live in Putnam County. Correct. So you said, Toby, that the anti-development mentality that is becoming more pervasive, and here you hear it and you, and you see it by limiting options the NIMBY movement ultimately contributes to the increase of housing costs. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, I think uh, Palm Coast has a higher NIMBY quotient than other parts of the country. Too. So he does guess. Yeah. The, the, the NIMBY quotient. Well, it, it blows my mind because <laughs> when people believe that they were the only ones that thought that living in Palm Coast and Flagler County was a great idea and that the gate should have closed behind them. Mm. Um, I, I've lived here since my family moved here in 1990. I've seen all the change. I always say my toxic trait is that I still think I can get across town in five minutes. <laughs> I can't, so but I still choose to live here because I've seen, I saw what it did when I was growing up, when I graduated high school here. Now I've got kids in the schools here and I can't wait to see the opportunities that they have. But isn't the NIMBY thing just human nature? I mean, I've been in Florida 50 years and and I've seen it in every, I've been, lived in a lot of cities, a lot of towns, and it's existed, you know, all that time where people would get up at city council meetings. They and, didn't have this before to get on their phones on Facebook and air all their grievances. So I, I don't know that it's changed so much as that it's louder and you don't have to go to the city council meeting to have that voice. You can hmm. sit. Right. I, in the I, comfort of your living room and shout about it. Social media has been a force multiplier for the NIMBY movement, hmm. for sure. And so here, okay, the uh, the uh, infill lots, there's not a whole lot left here, right? The, so well, there's not a whole lot well, left in their backyard for something to happen. We're, we're still probably around 9,000 of the original ITT platted lots out of closer to forty five or 50,000 so, to begin with. So there's still quite a bit of inventory. And, of course, it, they tend to be the lower-line lots now and the less desirable, but they're selling in the fifty dollars to $60,000 range still. So when you talk about the cost of a home, all right, we're not talking the land, correct, of the cost of it going up and everything. So if you're talking a lot for fifty or 60000 on top of the cost of building the home, mm-hmm. right? Right. So that is even... When you see signs, though, for, you know, homes from the 300s or something in a new development, that that's including the lot, typically? Yeah, that's all yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but then uh, all, most of the new homes now are, the new developments are in uh, communities where they created an association because... One of the things that people really don't think about much is that in Florida, in the old days, a builder used to build a community and he would build the sidewalks and the lighting and the water and sewer to and roads to municipal standards and then convey those over to the municipality. Municipalities aren't taking them anymore. So they're requiring developers to create an entity that will manage all of that infrastructure going forward. And that means a homeowners association or a condo association or sometimes even a community development district. So that actually adds to the, but, co- the but ongoing... Then you get, but then you get sidewalks, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's <laughs> right. Sidewalks yeah. and dues. Sidewalks, <laughs> dues, and rules. Oh, I love walking in swales. <laughs> Side, sidewalks are a yeah. swale idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it was. I think back in the day when they designed Palm Coast, I thought it was pretty genius that how the... Um, how the swales were all part of a you know intricate yeah. uh, drainage system, yeah. and and how well they do work. We I've yeah. seen you know yes. we've seen them work. Yes. So. They work well, and they were inexpensive. Correct. Yeah. All right. So where are we going to go with all this here? Um, I've heard people say that um, you know nobody has nobody uses formal dining rooms anymore. So now I'm talking about how many square footage in a home that you're paying for 
Square foot is a square foot, whether you use it or not, whether it be an extra bedroom, a two-car garage, whether it be a big entryway, whether it be a, a dining room or a smaller kitchen or, or that type of a thing. Yeah, we have that weird chandelier hanging over a non, no, no <laughs> formal table. dining room table. It's just hanging over a, a light fixture. Yeah. <laughs> so what, that's one of the things that we are talking about when we say regulatory. Uh, so the requirement to have a two-car garage, the requirement to have a minimum square footage, the lot sizes, um, if you can reduce the lot size, if you can uh, minimize or even eliminate the garage, if you can create a smaller house, those are all things that are going to reduce the cost of housing. And we're talking Palm Coast here with this. I mean, they're not going to change the 100 by 100. <laughs> no, no, and they, no, they can't. No, it would I, be very weird, right? If you no. have you, all the houses that exist now and on an infill lot, you yeah. stick two houses there. That, that it, wouldn't it would, flow. You'd it wouldn't be weird it unless it was in my backyard. <laughs> then it would be weird. Correct. Correct. If you're just looking, it's just very innovative unless it's your neighbor. Um, but I understand that it would take away from the standard that everyone's come to know here yeah i think they should hold on this hoa you know i mean i think it was pierre last week was going on how you know hey palm coast runs the city like an hoa and i said i think they should run it like an hoa because we signed up for all these amenities and rules and things to make it a nice town so i think to start tearing it apart at this point would be very counterproductive and property value for people and all that like so if you want to you know, build a small home and hang your underwear out to dry in the front yard and have your chickens. oil in your chicken. <laughs> Thank you. And throwing, you know, having your car up on blocks, you know, for a month or so and, and all that. You can do that, but just don't do it here. Well, Palm, Palm Coast, you know, was at, when it was conceived, it was the largest master planned mm-hmm. development in the country. And it, it, from its very beginning, has been a master plan development. And we did have homeowners associations. And then when the city was incorporated, it, it assumed the duties, essentially. And and that's what's found its way into our, our ordinances and our, our building code. But we really are very much of a master plan community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brian? Can I uh, point us back to some of these stats here for a second? Sure. So I want to see if you can interpret these for us, Toby. It says that from July 2022 to July 2023, we went up from 26 homes paid for cash to 95 homes paid for cash. 265% increase. So why are more people buying homes with cash? What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that, uh, first of all, the the people that are are paying cash are saying, I don't want to pay a 7% mortgage payment. Uh, so that's and, and a direct it, impact it, of the, yeah, of the and, mortgage. And, and okay. it, it, t- it tends to be on the higher end homes too. Uh, just recently, I looked uh, of of the of the top uh, selling twenty five homes, seventeen were sold for cash. Of the top twenty five, of mm. the bottom twenty five, the cheapest, it was only seven homes were sold for cash. So the people who are buying the less expensive homes. Are paying a, the have, most have in, in interest. Overall yeah, fees. They have, they have assets mm-hmm. that they can convert into real estate. So, Toby, are, are we still seeing people coming from the north and um, higher cost of living areas here and selling their house and then being able to pay for it cash and still mm-hmm. have money left over? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. But they're, they're not only coming from the north. They're coming. I mean, we're seeing people coming in from California, Washington State, um, and South Florida, too. Quite a few people from South so, Florida are just getting, it's getting very, so it's getting like uh, Los Angeles. That's what, yeah. that's what's interesting about the whole, you know, affordable housing question is because it's in some sense, it's all relative. I mean, people are coming here saying, what? I can get a house for that? Yeah. This is so cheap. I I can't wait to go move to Palm Coast. You know, I'm going to feel rich. Right. Um, and, you know, that's. That's the reality for a lot of people who are moving here. I mean, we we'd heard the stats a few weeks ago about the average in the average income who's moving in is a lot higher than the average income that's moving out. So it's becoming a wealthier community mm-hmm. in a, in a in, It's all in relative. And if you're coming from somewhere else, you might have a remote job that's still paying you DC money. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. We, we have an interesting opportunity here I, I, in Palm Coast or Flagler County. Uh, we have 
developable land that's still relatively near the coast. And I, I'm talking about the, the land that you've heard the people talk about, the westward expansion. And the city of Palm Coast, nearly half of its acreage is, is on the west side of the railroad tracks. And we've got state funding now to, to start the movement to that western area. And I think that gives us an, a housing opportunity that other places in the state don't have. So I call it the bathtub. That's the area that's existing Palm Coast right now where there's water and sewer available. The bathtub is getting full. And we, we still have the 9,000 infill lots, which will take several years still to, to build out. But we have, uh, I think David mentioned earlier in the program, you, you can't change things. You know, people are used to having the wide lots and sprawling single-family developments. But when we recreate, when we create the zoning for the western expansion, it's like a clean slate. We can we can incorporate smaller footprint houses, smaller lots. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, one, one car garages, carports, things right. like that. But at, you know, I think there should be. But at the same time, we don't want to make it an extension of Palatka coming this way to it. I it think. has to be done in the right way, and you never want to put housing that's different away from stores and things like that. They, you know, you need to have things in walkable areas. They need to be able to access fresh foods, things like that. So, if done correctly, and it, it could really work. You know, and, and this is where I think the the voters need to really stop and think about who they're electing at this critical time in our lives here for the future of Palm Coast. Like I say, you know, we could we could at a crossroad of turning all this into a trailer park type of an, an image where everything is on the cheap and everything like that because nobody wants to pay anymore for their own type thing. You know, we don't elect the right people with the smarts and the political relationships and the business relationships and, and it can run this like a business we're going to end up with, um, you know, what we have, the slash and burn and, and all that kind of thing. And then and also, you know, we talked about how social media is influencing people and misinformation is influencing people. Like I've seen things on there where um, they're already turning against the uh, Western expansion because yeah. they go, oh, now they're going to use our tax dollars. I'm not going to get sidewalks here or um, because they're going to use them for the Western expansion, which is totally wrong. Yes, mm -hmm. and we really need to work hard, and myself and the association included, and it's something I'm starting to delve into because it needs to be done correctly. We have to educate our community on who pays for what, what dollars are used for what. And I know Palm Coast has been working hard to do that with their budget and explaining that it, what impact fees do versus taxes, where your dollars go. And when, when people really begin to understand that, and I hope they want to understand that, then we might be able to make some forward movement. All right. You know, the county uh, about three years ago had uh, passed an ordinance for affordable housing developments, and no builders come forward in three years with a, an application because it just, to have affordable housing, you've got to have density, but the only places you can put this affordable uh, under the Flagler County ordinance is stuff where there's no water and sewer. Correct. So. Toby Tobin, we also have um, our uh, executive officer, Anna Maria Long with the Flagler Home Builders Association. We're going to talk about mobile home parks and rentals and tiny houses and some creative financing, Toby, we're talking about that might surprise you. It's even possible. We come right back on Free For All Friday. Wolsey Morcom Attorneys at Law is here. Insurance companies say we're too aggressive. We say thank you for the compliment. I'm Josh Woolsey. Car crash, personal injury, call us first. Offices Jacksonville and now Palm Coast. WoolseyMorecambe.com. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-4653. 
golf. You know what I like about people who drive Mercedes? They have an appreciation for quality. Hi, I'm Andy from Autohassel Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes-Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes-Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy. I'm in the Hardgrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me. Everybody else has. Or call me anytime. 585-4785. Auto House, Palm Coast. I'm really blessed to have the opportunity to work with uh, their internship program. I wish when I was going through high school here in Flagler that I had the opportunity to be able to work for a tech company locally and be able to get that experience. You know, I'm definitely excited to be more of a part of Coastal Cloud in the community. Are you in a good mood, Brian? Sure. All right. How about you? Back home from Cincinnati. You feel up? Sorry, that's my fault. You uh, glad to be home? I am glad to be with my kids. Right. How Cincinnati is that? That's a pretty cool town. It was very nice. Yeah, I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. It kept us busy, but everything I did see and experience was fantastic. Visited there one time and they had the Purple People Bridge where you, you walk. That. It's a walking bridge. You walk across and then downtown with the with the cigar bars and pubs and restaurants and German uh, restaurant and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. It's like, Sounds you know, awesome. it never... But the, the real question is, are the Reds going to make the playoffs? You know, that's that's what's on everyone's mind there. I yeah, think. They, yes. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I know the Yankees aren't. None nope. of the teams, none of the big teams were in town uh, mm. while I was there. Yeah. So um, we're talking about our town here. We're talking about Palm Coast, Flagler County, um, all the great opportunities that are here. And, you know, and with the uh, economy, interest rates, inflation... Uh, we need workers. I mean, you know, we've seen it where um, where we don't need workers, and we've seen it. It's so, so just strange uh, trending of 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 different things. Um, and so, what's the answer to it? Uh, can and we're and let's kind of focus on the Western expansion. We said if we do it right, this could be a really a cool thing. This could be like a a show place, um, you know, diamond of um, Florida that what we do here. Yeah, that's such an opportunity because one of the key things is that there's really just one landowner. And and the zoning right now is, is basically largely uh, agriculture and silviculture, timberling. And so it's got to be rezoned, but you don't, you're not going to have to acquire uh, from 2,000 separate property owners. It's just one property owner who has a, a really cool vision of what's, can happen out there and that's rainier timber and okay and, and i was looking at the, there's a community called wild light wild light right wild wildlife yes life is a wild i thought it was light but anyway but it was oh, i think that's a beer <laughs> but you know what i'm talking about does anybody else know what i'm talking about it's a community with rainier mm-hmm. and it's yes. like a planned community and it mm-hmm. has a, are you kidding me or do you know what i'm talking no, about no no you're right okay just, just got to get the name right. <laughs> I was I was looking for a little help here, Toby. <laughs> no, they've done a nice. You know, their their track record is is strong, which is a real plus for us. So they're in the business of timber, and also um, they're a very charitable company. Is mm-hmm. it a family owned? Is it a, it's a corporation, but I, is it family based? I, I think I, so. I don't know. <clears throat> so anyway, we have public. an opportunity. So what would it look like? Um, Anna Maria, you were saying that, um, hey, if we do this right, we have a great opportunity to it. 10, 20 years from now, if we do it right with the Western expansion, describe what you see. So I don't think it would need to be very different from Palm Coast in its general sense. What does what I would what I would change in my perfect world would be to reduce the lot sizes first. Let's reduce the um, minimum house size requirements let's reduce the garage to single or maybe none let's do a carport and that that alone is going to cut the cost of housing um we could have some areas with tiny homes there's some sustainable ways to do that you know i can picture modern tiny homes and a community garden where the people are invested in that area of their neighborhood and they're living off of the land in a sense and having community. 
You know, there's a concept of, of called pocket neighborhood that developed out in the Northwest where you have eight to 12 homes that are inward facing around like a common green. And uh, the, the car traffic is isolated to behind the buildings uh, outside. And it's uh, kind of a shared, the area in the center is shared. And typically they have a separate building, which could be a clubhouse. It could be, a, could have a kitchen for, they could have a shared shared kitchen. Mm-hmm. But for instance, just think, for instance, you had uh 12 homes, you took one bedroom out of each of those homes, you reduce the building requirement by 12 bedrooms, put two bedrooms into a little common house that you can rent. Most people don't use their spare, their last bedroom, but maybe one or two weeks a year. Mm -hmm. And that would be a tremendous savings. So that's one concept. Another concept is more um, aggregate living or group living and we have it in Palm Coast right now. If you drive down any residential street in the evening when most people aren't working, you'll see a lot of homes that have five, six cars out front. And and I, I know someone, I'm close with someone who rents a home and then rents out three of the bedrooms. So you actually have four separate unrelated people sharing one, sing, and it's in a single family mm-hmm. residential community. I don't want that in my backyard. No, you don't. But... Uh, uh, you, you know, you could design in Palm Coast, you can't have more than one kitchen right. in your structure. Why not have uh, little suites like a lot of the college dorms have? They'll have, they'll have a, a bedroom, bathroom, yeah. and then shared common area and, one, and a yeah. kitchen. And design homes from the, from the bottom up to accommodate that living style. Especially so, as we grow with our education offerings, I think that's going to be uh, more pertinent housing op- option and then we have mm-hmm. older single people mm-hmm. um, you know, as a mother of three girls one of my requirements for them if you will is you got to live it by yourself for six months minimum a year hopefully it was the best thing i ever did you learn to be independent you learn to fix toilets you learn to unclog sinks and they have no hope of doing that in today's economy yeah, you know, I'm kind of like all this shrinking down in time. I'm getting depressed. I'm getting claustrophobic even <laughs> listening to you guys. It's not here. for everyone. You <laughs> can <laughs> still live in a in a minimum fifteen hundred square foot house in Palm Coast with your two car garage. That's totally fine. But for the people who do want a smaller area, for people who don't want to mow all that grass, is a tiny house like a mobile home though? Is do you pay? Because you don't pay uh, on a mobile home, well, it's got a license plate in the kitchen window, so it doesn't. You don't pay real estate taxes with it, right? On a mo- the tiny homes are essentially on on a trailer. They have wheels. They're they're just they're. I th- I think that it's kind of a fad. I don't think there's a real future for tiny homes. But I think the concept of taking a, a tiny footprint and putting it on a slab so that it's a permanent structure, yeah. and and in fact uh, I've talked with you david about the concept of uh you know mobile home communities are are cost effective and they're very profitable for the operators uh, a couple of years ago the two largest real estate transactions in volusia county were trailer home uh, parks uh, mobile home parks uh where it's basically a land you rent the land but you own the the, the mobile home what if you took a um, single family home smaller footprint maybe 750 square feet to 1,200 square feet and built them on the ground and you sold people, people would come in and buy the house and rent the land. So you take, we've, we've talked earlier about the land costs being in the $70,000 range. That home is now $70,000 more affordable because they're buying just the house and then paying rent on the land. And the is rent it, on the land, they would provide utilities, that kind of thing, like a, yeah, like a mobile and, home and, lot, right? And, and well, it could be like a homeowners association where your lawn is mowed for you, and the, of course the streets and all of the common areas would be the responsibility of the, the park owner. Well, I've had, um, Brian, we've had some of our elected officials in here. Every time we bring up mobile homes, they like, we don't want mobile homes because they're a a burden. They're a cost burden to the taxpayer because they're mobile homes and they're not paying their fair share. And they they create uh, tornadoes. (laughs) Aren't we we talking about basically like... So, you know, reducing the size, reducing the parking requirements or the garage requirements, having common areas, 
Doesn't that just sound like like a condo or a, an apartment complex? And the, is that both not both of which are well, super but, popular? Isn't that yeah. really like the more likely way to make all this happen? And also, so, the no, benefit well, of it you, is you should have a mix. Yes, Brian. you a need healthy, to have a mix. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because all the little homes that go out, it's still like urban sprawl. Essentially, it seems like going denser and higher is maybe the the better way to go. But but an apartment versus you're owning. Yeah, your house. You're not sharing a, a wall small, with right, somebody else. Right, and you're owning your house. You have a backyard. Everything, just shrink it a little bit. I'm not <laughs> saying make it teeny tiny necessarily, but even take out that one bedroom worth of of space, and you've got uh, a more affordable housing situation for a family. Is it, is it time? You're not, worry, you're not worrying about the person in the floor above you having their toilet run over. Correct. Is it time to uh, change our standard of 30%? And accept the fact that it could be 40 because no. I, I saw, I think, no, that's the right number. You mean I, as far as your, how much yeah, of your income ratio. should go to Wardhouse? Well, that's, that, that's what happened. <laughs> that, that's what happened uh, 20 years ago, David. The, the, the federal government, in their infinite wisdom, said that uh, home ownership is the American dream and we have to make uh, home ownership available to more people. Well, the problem was that all the people that could afford a home already had one. And so they loosened the lending standards and people got into owning a home who couldn't afford one. We got to take a break. We'll be back with some final comments and thoughts here. Appreciate our guest this morning, Executive Officer of the Flagler Home Builders and Contractors Association, Anna Maria Long and Toby Tobin. Go toby.com and host of Real Estate Matters, Brian McMillan. And uh, we'll be right back on Free For All Friday. Ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net. I ain't your mama, but I know she would tell you, don't drive around on bad tires. If you don't have the money for tires right now, come and see me. We have a drive today, pay tomorrow plan. Don't risk yours and other people's safety. Come and see me. I'm Bob Gordon. And thanks again for voting Quantum Tires number one in Flagler County. Quantum Tires and Auto Repair. You know where we are. At the corner of State Road 11 and the railroad tracks. Downtown Bunnell. Quantum Tires. Make your mama proud. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386 This is Memory Hopkins of Memory Hopkins Real Estate. It's a name you can't forget. From Lighthouse to Lighthouse, St. Augustine to New Smyrna Beach, my team and I cover all of your residential, commercial, and property management needs. We are your local realtor with a longer reach. Find us at MemoryHopkins.com. We are out of time. A lot of things we wanted to talk about and didn't get to today, but we'll get to them on another program because uh, housing and real estate and growth and development and where are we going and how can we help our community? How can we help our the people we need to keep our community going, the, the workforce, the labor and our first responders and nurses and teachers, and we owe it to them to provide them a good lifestyle or they're going to go somewhere else. And then, um, you know, and, and what do we do? So I think ideas, and, and Toby, you're great. You have visionary ideas of, of things. So give us on a positive note, if you can. What, um, what, what <laughs> David can, wants what, to know that he's yeah. still going to have a big house, you know, late someday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watch the tiny house shows, and I'm like, you know, oh, that's kind of cool. But, you know, I, I, other than I don't a, live in one. Other than a kids. weekend. You know, I, I would. You would live in I want, it? I want a, a lamp and an armchair. And that's it. What are you going to do with the rest of your family? What what about a toilet? Yeah, I guess I'll take a toilet. (laughs) You know, a healthy healthy community has various forms of housing. They have rentals. They have homes. They have large homes. They have small homes. We'll get there. Okay. All right. You know, you look at Flagler Beach, and Flagler Beach has lots of different types of, of homes. And you couldn't create Flagler Beach in today's zoning environment. Correct. Yeah, I see the mobile homes there. Um, that are just, you know, crammed in there. It looks like a fun little 
kind of a <laughs> society of of people, but um, that's pretty cheap housing living right on the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know of, of any other place I've seen on the Atlantic that has the 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 and for the people character. who want to live there, that's fantastic. That's what they want. That's the yeah. community they want to be in. Yeah, they're happy. I'll bet you they're happier than some of the people living in the million dollar mansions. Very very right? likely. Because when you have all that kind of money. Anna Maria, then it just brings problems. So yeah. I, I don't know that. Problem, That's what I've but heard. I've heard about That's it. what I've heard. I've heard that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I believe well, that. I, I, I've, I'm I've, sure. I've been rich three times and poor four <laughs> in, in my life. So, <laughs> so um, Toby, thank you. And uh, if you and you talk about all this stuff on your show, Real Estate Matters, which is Saturdays, eleven o'clock here on WNZF and the podcast, and um, just it's it's full of great information. But you know, I just are the people of this community the the voters the core the people that are smart sharp people whatever don't be influenced by misinformation on the internet or you know your neighbor stopping you in the the driveway and telling you something and um you know just um learn of the the great opportunity we do have here if we do it right and it's a historic moment in palm coast to do this right and it takes the elected leaders and elected officials and the smarts of our um, of our uh, government workforce and the county administrator and the city manager and all that. It takes people that know what they're doing, but we have to back them. Otherwise, they're only going to do what they're told. And mm. so for the 79th time in a row, this is the most important election coming up in history. <laughs> I think it's important to note people are coming here. They're going to move here no matter what. It's our responsibility to create the housing that we want to see that's available and that still takes care of us that are still here. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm very bullish on this market for the next 20 years. The, this moving in trend, uh, Florida is the new California, and I don't mean that in a negative right. sense. Uh, <laughs> it's the, popular. It, it's it's the uh, what California was in the 50s and 60s. Everyone everybody, wants everybody to be wanted, here. Everybody wanted mm. to be there. Now everybody wants to be here. All right. Well, I'm glad we're here. We need to protect what we have, and we need to create a good future for, for our future generations, and we need to provide and help out our workforce and retirees and everybody involved in it. It's great. Thanks. It's great sharing the bathtub with you all. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, I heard they're getting rid, rid of bathtubs, too, and just using showers for space. And That's true. Yeah, wow. All right, Anna Maria Long, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right, welcome back home. Toby Tobin, we'll see you on the radio at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. All All right, take care. Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235 CW Bunnell.